Dear Diary, today I take the next step, the next step in being an ADHD life coach at Indigo Hub. I can't believe it's happening. I want to build, create and discover a place for us to truly be ourselves. I think this journey will be... Dear Diary, welcome world and welcome to the Indigo Diaries and welcome to our series three, The World Through Our Eyes with your host, me, Tasha Hicklin. The Indigo Diaries is a podcast we want to learn about ND through others and our own experiences. And I'm really excited. We're back for another week and I'm really excited because we've got a new guest. I've been having Holly Martinson on for quite a lot to do pick our brain sessions. And uh, but I'm excited to have a new guest on. And this person I haven't spoken to one-to-one for a while. I've known her for a while, but we've not we not spoken once on. So I'm really excited to get her on today. So welcome, Nikki. Hi, Tasha. How are you? Yeah, good. It's good to have you. Lovely so, to be here. Good. So Nikki's 49, living on the Essex coast in the UK, and is a single parent to her daughter Hope and two dogs. She was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 43, and her daughter also has ADHD. Having always cared so much about everyone and everything and being a huge people pleaser her undiagnosed ADHD meant that people were never pleased with her and this extinguished the bright spark within her the following years were turbulent but not without some significant achievements at the age of 43 Nikki was diagnosed and then everything changed and if you want the full the full bio please look below because it is all there so Nikki, I'm really intrigued because I loved what I loved that you wrote about your experience. So obviously Nikki is a coach, and I'm just going to say that straight away. But I like that you wrote about your own experience first. So like, what would you say is kind of when did ADHD come into your life? It's quite a strange one, really, because I still can't remember the moment that I thought, oh, I think I might have ADHD. I knew I was working in. Um, the mental health service secondary mental health services in the NHS and I can only guess that I kind of did some sort of quiz when I was supposed to be doing some work um and and one of the quizzes you know have you got ADHD and it was all of a sudden it was just like whoa I think I've got ADHD and it was kind of almost like a bit of a joke I, you know like I felt it was just like well I could have ADHD <laughs> because it was even though I worked in secondary mental health services it was still not known, you know, it really, it, it was still that, that perception that it's that naughty boy, really hyperactive boy that's, so for me to have to even think that as a woman I could have ADHD was unbelievable really. But the, as soon as I started reading about it, and I, I remember the, one of the first books I read, um, women with ADHD and it was um it's not the sorry Solden one I can't I can't remember the author but the first few pages I was like oh my goodness that is me it was I just couldn't believe that there was somebody else there like me um and I was kind of I was in a fortunate position being in where working my work to a certain extent because there was this incredible consultant psychiatrist who was an expert on ADHD but unfortunately they weren't able to diagnose people. They weren't funded to commission to do ADHD diagnosis, even those secondary mental health services. But he agreed to chat with me about it. And I did the adult self-report scale with him. And he said, yeah, it's highly likely, you know, you are highly likely you do have ADHD, but I had to then go for a difficult diagnosis process, which we all kind of, we've got our own story about our diagnosis (laughs) and the challenges. 
However, I was incredibly, after a lot of doors shut in my face, I did, I was really, really fortunate and lucky to almost beg that consultant psychiatrist at work to take me on as, as a, as a patient to diagnose me. So I was really lucky that my diagnosis was challenging in parts, but then, it, yeah, it, it was, um, I was, I was kind of in the right place at the right time to a certain extent. Yeah. And got my diagnosis um. Yeah, and that's obviously was you know we're quite a few years on now, six years on since that. Mm. Like, where do is is there anything when you got that like to that point of getting to forty three without a diagnosis must have been a lot without that knowledge. Like, what would you yeah. say in your life where you look back, like ADHD has just been there? Oh, it's always been there, but it did you know like many of us late diagnosis ADHDs. I had a diagnosis of depression and anxiety, really struggled for years and years and years. And school was particularly difficult for me. I I mean, I've written a blog about it, you know, my school years where I, I, I just remember when I look back on my school reports and see how... Um, how so many things it was I always dreaded my school reports because they were always really negative but when you look back because it's all ADHD related and all I remember I've always cared so much just care from, from just forever about everything and ev everything and everyone and definitely a people pleaser always been a people pleaser so it's just so sad isn't it that as ADHD is we go and we're like that and then you know we're told off that our executive function challenges so yeah so school was really difficult for me um so I can see you know I was really trying but it was always you know could do better if not going to reach our full potential sure. all of that you know and and I come from a family where my sister my eldest sister's a solicitor and she's really really clever and she always has been you know so academically it was really easy for her she doesn't have ADHD and I was kind of like I always felt like the black sheep you know the one that wasn't achieving and the one that was you know it must have been a shock for my parents both my other sisters didn't have problems didn't have bad school reports to then get my school reports it looked like I wasn't trying hard enough it looked like I you know all of those things and it but that wasn't what it was I was constantly trying I also had um I moved schools a few times in uh throughout my school life the worst time was when I was in it would, would be now year eight so obviously the transitioning is really yeah really difficult. and moving to an area um it was with my because my dad moved um within his job and I moved to an area that I didn't really like didn't really know and certainly didn't know I had ADHD so I didn't know I had any of these challenges either so I had a really difficult school time I really 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 hated school and um by the time I kind of left school I left school with two GCSEs as well you know I wow. I when I when I for my other school I was in top sets for everything and I was doing really really well but the but moving really impacted on me and I really really had a really challenging time really you know even a bigger time trying to fit in mm. um and um didn't know how to advise didn't have you didn't know you know I was just completely lost I was 
I knew that there's so much I wanted to do, but that was all just gone. It was all extinguished. It was all just, so when I left school, I just had no, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And um, I did, I was, you know, my mental health was bad. It was really, really bad when I left school. I just felt, I've really felt like a failure. You know, I hadn't gone to university. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. I think that word trying says a lot you know I'm, mm. I was trying it looked like I just wasn't trying but then you said I didn't know how and I, and I, yeah. and there's a good saying by Ross Green that says if we could if we would if we could we would and it's very the same as is you know nobody wants to not be able to reach their full potential and like you said you had so many ideas but you just didn't know how to revise or how to do the curriculum and it from yeah. the outside it just looks like you're not trying but actually if anything you're probably trying harder yeah yeah you know and I would you know typically lose everything mm. you know school books in an absolute mess or I've lost them or but the, but the, the, the big the, one of the biggest achievements when I was at school was um was we were asked to write something um there was a competition to write something about what it was like being a teenager in the 80s and um i wrote this it was with for the times educational supplement and it was a competition like in, uh, mm. across the country and um and i wrote about um i mean i, I was a vegetarian and i'm a vegan now but i was a, 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 talked about being a vegetarian and, and my love of animals but I also talked about going away to London and I saw the for the first time saw the homeless people on the streets and how that impacted me and how I felt that you know I wanted to help these people and, and that one day I felt that I would be helping somebody so the whole piece was kind of really emotive and also you know just talk about how I just wanted to help people and and I won the competition and I was published in the Times Educational wow. Supplement and you know and it was like for me because I was being true it was none of it was you know forced on me it was just what I was feeling and it really was what I was feeling and um and I kind of forget about that sometimes when I think about writing now mm -hmm. that I actually if I write from the heart then it kind of it flows when I'm trying to be something I'm not that's when it there's that it, it doesn't doesn't connect um and also another I remember getting an A in my uh in in an English oral exam because it was a but it was a for and against fox hunting mm -hmm. and I it was I found it so easy because I just felt so passionate about it that I was able to do that but a lot of the school time yeah I just yeah, I, I I had bad relationships. I had I made bad decisions. I yeah, it was it was a turbulent time, definitely. Yeah, but it just shows you that when you're true to yourself, the passions and you align all that, just look, you exactly. wouldn't award it. You put you got in the times, you got an A. When you are yourself and you find your way and your systems, it look what comes because you're not fighting against anything, are you? You know, you just being you did it did it carry on being quite turbulent after school yeah it did really I, I started working I did have a good time I did a lot of socializing a lot of going out and um doing things I probably shouldn't be doing um I worked first of all started working in retail 
just because it was just a job and but actually I really loved it as well I did love a lot of that um and then um yeah I it did a lot of things went on you know I went through I worked in different jobs retail banks which I really it's probably the worst job that I could have ever have had um and then working in recruitment for a number of years but yeah quite a lot of significant life events happened during those times that, were, that did have an impact on me but I think in terms of and I yeah my life was kind of in chaos in terms of when I look back to how my life is now to what it was then it's like whoa since I've had my diagnosis you know that well everything just being in chaos and everything everywhere and never been able to find anything and and not knowing myself and also that I've all been that people pleaser always helping everybody but literally leaving not even one little thing for me um so that kind of had its impact yeah so since like your diagnosis what have you what biggest impacts do you think you've noticed with kind of being you know truer to yourself like what biggest impacts have you have you noticed oh so many really but prior to my diagnosis and, and this kind of all leads into it really is um from having those that varied career and not really having a huge huge amount of confidence in myself it was when I started working in um first of all the third sector um for a charity helping people with any disability so it'd be physical mental neurodivergence um to find work so it might be they, they might have um have all, always worked but have had a period of ill health and then um be looking at getting back into work or or something that's never worked you know the variety of barriers and then working in mental health services I think the big the biggest thing that happened to me was when I worked in mental health services where I felt like I was kind of coming into my into my own in terms of um in my in terms of my confidence in terms of my passion in terms of so I think there was a real just kind of like prior to my diagnosis working in that environment with people you know with people with mental health problems with neurodivergent people and all of my kind of experiences that happened in my life kind of it all just kind of made sense and I just actually for the first time felt really good at something really good at something really good at connecting with people really good at understanding well just naturally having that understanding of the difficulties people can have but I didn't really know for me that I had ADHD yeah I didn't know that was the problem that I'd had I knew that I suffered with um depression and anxiety um and I'd had you know quite a few periods of depression um and traumas and I yeah I didn't really know like I didn't know anything about ADHD so I was I, I'd kind of gone on a bit of a journey really whilst working there I did struggle with the the admin side of things obviously you know yeah. but in terms of my one-to-one -one work with managing my own caseload and I was always given a lot of autonomy within that role so I didn't have to be you know nine to five it was really it was a really flexible work mainly because I had my daughter but that really worked for me with ADHD and it was the first job I managed to stay for 13 years and I never thought I'd ever be able to stay wow. somewhere for that long 
So I think that um, by the time I got my diagnosis, I'd worked in that for that team for quite some time. So I think I was really much more aware of myself, aware of my purpose. Really, I've always there's always been this common theme that's throughout my life. It's always been helping people in some capacity. If I'm not able to help people, then I, you know, it it just makes me feel uncomfortable because it's just you know my purpose is helping people in some capacity and and I and, and within each of my roles that I've had even if they're like working in a bank what in the bank I loved being able to help people who had bank charges yeah. refund their bank charges see their personal situation and then be able to refund their charges <laughs> I love that so that so I ended up working in the customer care team of that um that bank but yeah I think I just really grew in confidence um whilst I worked there so when I got the diagnosis of ADHD I I was a bit more sure of myself and I think it came at a really good time Mm -hmm. that I felt okay with myself I felt like in a good place myself really I've fairly recently become a single parent um and I was really starting to learn about myself, you know, and 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 how it was for me and my daughter. And yeah, it was as soon as I got the diagnosis, I looked into what help I could get. Now I knew, right, you know, what is there for somebody with ADHD? And I came across the ADHD coaching. Mm. Um because working in employment services, I helped people look at access to work funding anyway and it was you know it was it was a little known resource actually back then um but when I came across this ADHD coaching quite a number of years before that I'd done a life coaching diploma and before when my daughter was a baby so I knew what coaching was and I loved you know I really connected with coaching and I always knew that I would have my own practice always Mm -hmm. knew that and I always knew what it was going to be called um but I didn't know what it was going to be about or what my niche was. But so when I saw about ADHD coaching, I was like, that's it. That's what I need. <laughs> I knew that's what I needed because I didn't need anybody telling me what to do because I knew exactly what to do. I just, yeah, it, it was just working through it and maintaining it and that consistency and that accountability. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, the, I, I, was, I was pretty pretty lucky really to get coaching quite quickly. I think I, I, I timeline I haven't got a clue couldn't tell you how long it took me from my from when I thought <laughs> I had ADHD to my diagnosis to then having coaching not got a clue I'm but I think yeah absolutely but I think it was quite quick mm-hmm. um and that was yeah that's when it all changed when I start when I got my when I got my ADHD coaching and I started to really learn about me and my ADHD and it oh it's just it's been transformational and it's the journey that I've been on, it's like, like I say, when I look back to how things used to be, like my house, I went on a huge, huge like mission to <laughs> minimalise everything. I got, oh, I can't even tell you, I got skips outside, I got rid wow. of so much stuff. I can't even tell you how many dump runs I did. I just got rid of so much stuff. And I really worked through, yeah, try and have less stuff. Um, trying to have places for things you know because I you know it's just this whole thing when I used to go out to walk the dogs and I'd be like um do you want to go for 
I can't say because the dog got walkies. <laughs> and sometimes they'd have to wait half an hour to an hour by the time I'd found the lead, found the poo yeah. bags, didn't know where anything is. And that, and they'd be like, oh, are we actually going out? But now, like, uh, you know, everything, I've, I've got places for everything. And I just know where everything is now. And yes, sometimes it goes all upside down. But, um, but you know, it's just working through that and understanding that, no, I'm I'm not just messy or untidy and lose things. There's a reason. There's a reason why I do that. And just that understanding how my brain works. And, and, and just, I was really, really lucky. And I've been really lucky throughout my whole um pretty much not long after I was diagnosed I have a really you know really supportive partner we don't live together but he's really really supportive really understanding of ADHD um and kind of champions it so it, it's kind of like you know I I've been really lucky in some I mean, there's still so much to work through you know I think there'll always be there's a whole lifetime isn't there to work through when you get diagnosed with ADHD yeah and it's a whole lifetime of stuff but I, I really like what you said there it's like it it reminded me of of your memory earlier of, of writing that the thing about the homeless people that was always there the caring and the thing it was always there it was just that everything else was just on top of all your purpose and now and and it's always been there with your job it's been there but it's more been like the underlying and you're not knowing about mm. it and now you've been diagnosed you've been able to use that purpose use what you're good at use all that stuff to as an advantage now rather than just kind of passive absolutely yeah yeah and um yeah and that's what I'd work on with clients a lot you know purpose is it's it's, it's not something that just comes to you it's yeah. been there throughout your whole life yeah. you know it, it's it, when you look back it's like it's not some big revelation we all it's just it it's there We've just yeah. got to see it and listen to it. You know, if, if something keeps repeating and keeps showing up and keeps showing up, then that's probably, you know, what your purpose is. Yeah. And I think that's that's really good. But obviously in those times where you don't know you've got ADHD, you know, it's kind of like the, the word I just, you know, just get on with it, just try harder. And all that outweighs because you can't see your purpose because it's just, you're always falling short or all that stuff. But now you're you know you, you've got diagnosed you've worked through a coach you know what you need now you're unlocking that you're now living your purpose and for the people what would yeah would you say is your kind of like coach like what what made you when you went, did coaching like for your for like yourself what made you then transition into want to be a coach oh it was as soon as I, I heard about ADHD coaching I was like that's what I'm going to do because like I said I knew that I was always going to be like because yeah. I really connected with coaching but I re- it was really important for me as a mum to because it took me many years to have hope which is why she's called hope and um so when I had her I wanted to make sure that I was there throughout her child you know I could take her to school pick her up from school and I was really lucky working for the NHS because they had the flexible working policy I went to every school play I went to every reading session at her school I did everything and I was able to make the time up so I was really lucky so I always thought there's no way I want to start a business that's more important to me the most important thing for me at that time was just to be there so I know I was lucky to be in this 
um, role where I was able to do that. But I always knew when she was at secondary school, and I always said this to myself, as soon as I started that job, when she's in secondary school, I'm going to have my coaching practice and it's going to be called a Sea of Hope coaching. And that's because obviously she's called Hope. I also live by the sea, the Sea of Hope, infinite hope for us, because I do believe there is. Um, So it was... um, it was when I found out I had ADHD and then saw ADHD coaching. I was like, right, that is the that is the coaching that I'm going to do. But I definitely wanted to do the work first myself. You know, it was really important for me to do work on myself, knowing because I've always worked on myself. I've always had all of the self help books, everything, but I didn't know that I had ADHD, so I had all the wrong ones, really. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you tried the um, intention was there yeah 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 always trying um and so yeah it was really important for me to just to to work on myself first and I still wasn't at the point where hope was at secondary school and and then it was also really important for me to get training you know mm-hmm. get the get the training and not rush it and because it wasn't like I always knew that that's what I was going to do um but you can't just rush into something like that. You can't just be like, and I think that's when I'm working with people doing the career change. It's like, it's not about getting to the end of it and say, I'm going to be this and I'm going to get that now. It's about sparking that, knowing that that's what you, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. And, and, and live in that way, you know, work, working towards how you're going to get it. And each step is going to get you closer to it. As long as you're clear on the kind of thing that you want to do and it was like yeah I, I just knew that um that that's what I was going to be yeah you just clicked yeah, yeah. but I, I like, like I've got a lot of respect for that if, you know you've got to do your own work first and I think yeah. that that's what it comes down to I'm very much the same I was heard about ADHD coaching was like I had one session I was like oh I could do this like I think that I'd be really good at this and then was like no I even found a course that started the week after and then I was like no you can't do that you've got to take you've got to do this yourself first and that's what it's about I think because even though we're continuing to grow it's you've got to you know you've got to walk through it to help then other people do it but I like you said it's not a you know you do it you've fixed you know that's it it's a continuous thing like we've still you know how many years I've been diagnosed for five years. We've still got a way to go. We've still got our lives to live, but it's just living a more true and purposefully rather than just getting by. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you now, like, what is it that, you know, you've said a bit about kind of you coaching and stuff like that. So what is it that you, is your, what are you now using your purpose of helping people do for? Yeah. Well, yeah, helping others find their purpose, really. Um, so all the years that I worked as an employment specialist for, um, I'm able to use those skills that I've learned there. Um, but so when I first became an ADHD coach, I wasn't too sure about my niche within mm. ADHD coaching. And initially it was, yeah, it was career. Yeah, I do think it's going to be career. But then I think like certainly for the first year of when you first the first year of coaching, you kind of just you've got to find your way a little bit. Yeah. Um and it was it was then I came across the firework career coaching program. And I I really I wasn't sure whether to do more training. I mean I always like doing more training. We all do, <laughs> we don't we? Do, we love yeah. learning. 
but it's like do I spend out that more that much more money do because I've got all of this knowledge I've got I've, I've worked for it was like 16 years just in supported employment and before that in recruitment I've worked for so many years in, in this field do I need it um and I'm so glad I did yeah I'm so glad I did because it is just the most wonderful program it really is an incredible program that made me realize for so many years we were doing the wrong thing because you know in terms of um you know so many people like looking for a job or you know looking it's doom scrolling on indeed you know mm -hmm. feeding into those insecurities oh there's nothing out there um I haven't got these skills, I haven't got these qualifications, I can't do this, I can't do that, putting all their own barriers up. And this this program, so the ADHD, I bring the ADHD coaching into this career mm. change firework program. Um, and it's it, it's really is transformational. I mean, you do, um, you do a lot, there's three phases of it, explore, dream and discover. And the explore phase is like a really, you know really sort of deep like reflective stage like looking at you know what your strengths are but not in a way that we used to like when you're looking at a uh, you know, personal profile on a cv and you're just plucking words out of generic words out of something that don't really mean something so many people's cvs don't actually reflect yeah, them yeah. they mean nothing and they don't even connect to the, they don't even connect with them yeah so this 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 process that we do through a series, lots of different types of exercises, from visualizations to guided meditations to different lots of different exercises. So we go through a process where people are really clear on what their skills are, what their strengths are, what their work motivators are, what their ideal day looks like at work, what their ideal day looks like in life and we, we put together these canvases so you have a, a life canvas and a work canvas the first so you're really clear on who it is that you are and and what you bring to the world of employment and career you know you're you're, you're you've got something to evaluate future life and work choices against not a job specification or a cv that are all just words that mean nothing so the first phase is like a really it's it's quite you know there's a lot of work that has to be done in the first phase but that's the bit that's missing in 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 everything that's done been done before I think is that somebody just goes straight into the discover phase we, we've got the explore we've got the dream so then in the dream phase we're looking at possibilities we're we're really opening up and there's no constraints we don't you know we we also look at the first phase we have an ideas bank so any idea any concept any type of job you know nothing is too big because we're just really opening up because so many people are like I would like to do that but I can't do that because it's too far away or that I haven't got enough money or you know all of these constraints that people put on themselves yeah. but actually it's not they're not true they're not they're, they're based on possibly somebody else's beliefs and mm. that you know without any you know substance really so quite often people go straight into discover well what do I need to look and, and the discover phase in another way of doing it is looking online for jobs yeah. it, it, within the career coaching program that we do the discover phase isn't looking at job boards and stuff really it's it's a, really about connecting with people but you're doing it after really being clear on who you are and what the possibilities are and where you want to go and where you know and your your sort of bridge from where you are now to 
to where you want to go and I think the ADHD piece that comes in because firework isn't a program that's designed for um ADHD people but it's it definitely is brilliant for it but the ADHD coaching part of it you have to do the work on your ADHD first before you go yeah because again if you're going to again like the you know going out there looking for work and careers and you don't know anything about your ADHD you're not able to even think you, you can't advocate for yourself you can't actually from a point of strength you can't say what strengths you bring if you're looking at accommodations for some within um your workplace and you're going from a point of weakness like well I'm not able to do this and I'm not able to do that and I can't do this and this is difficult rather than this is how I work best this is how my brain these these are what I need in order to be able to you know excel this is you know just being really clear on who you are what you bring to a workplace because as we we both know we have incredible strengths yes as neurodivergent people we do and we bring like we bring that innovation to the workplaces we bring the creativity we you know we bring so much but when we're sort of made small and it's very difficult so yeah I think we we really need to kind of do that work on your ADHD first really know who you are and what you bring and then yeah go through this program um and uh, yeah it's, it's it's something I've just I've always been passionate about people working, going back to the mental health services. Mm. When people would come through to employment specialists, they'd have had significant therapy. They'd been, they'd have been under the psychiatrist for their medication. And it was the employment service part was the kind of final piece. Now, if you weren't able to help people find the right environment for them, for something that they do connect with, for something that does make a difference to their mental health, all of the other work that's been done could just be undone by that one workplace that's yeah. wrong for them. So it's so it's so I've always been hugely passionate because I've seen it so many times that just people's yeah. lives change when they work in a place where they feel they're connected to and there's that passion and there's that interest and the right environment. It just changes. Mm-hmm. So I've always had this huge passion. Um and now I've got this amazing program to take people through you know it's yeah it's um it's really transformational like it's, I, I really feel passionate that so many people could benefit from this kind of you know work on their career rather than just jumping straight into the discover feeling not their mm-hmm. best self and 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 you know quite vulnerable aren't they quite vulnerable going into to to the workplace when they haven't done that work and it reminds me of like when we were talking about the school right because when you're at school you're just discovering you're just kind of getting by doing what you can and when people are oh you know you're going to go to university or maybe it's the next step you don't we're not invited so often to explore and figure out who we are and to dream and it seemed, and you know, I'm just relating it back to the age group I work with, but it's the same thing, right? You've got to be able to find your purpose. Yeah. And I'm, that's what I'm seeing here. You're, you're almost helping people to connect to who they are, connect to what they need to do, what works best for them and helping them to find that. And that's really crucial because I find that we all just spend so much time trying to find it, but not a lot of time actually sitting back to what is we're trying to find absolutely yeah 
absolutely and just going in that outdated way of trying to find it as well you know which is really soul destroying isn't it yeah and and, you know it's never been the the world of employment has changed forever I mean Covid has really brought that on as well hasn't it I mean look at us now um and you know both of us running businesses from home you know we can have clients wherever you know it's never been easier and and it's and it's not about so the new jobs are being created all the time and the hidden job market is huge. You know, 80%, I think, around is, you know, jobs are hidden. People don't even, when you think about the job descriptions, the personal specifications that are put out or you've had when you've had a job, they're never true to what the job is. Yeah. They're just somebody thinking, oh, maybe we could need that. I'm not sure about this, not sure about that. But if you're really clear on who you are, what you bring, and you're connected and you're passionate and you get in front of somebody that is something that you want to do and and you're 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 so much more powerful because you you people will remember that rather than a piece of paper or a cv they will remember that person I mean we do like with the career coaching the informational interviews you know connecting with people that are doing that already people remember that and then they will know somebody else that knows somebody else they'll remember that person that's got that passion for that subject or that career that it's you can't fake it can you you can't fake interest or passion but on a on a cv or an application it's just it's not what it is you can't get that across can you you just can't and a lot of us are well I know I'm not trying to stereotype but a lot of us are very kind of I know I am verbal processor so when I'm verbally can do it I'm a lot better than when when I'm trying to write it down and get everything into this one piece of paper so it's almost like trying to create that connection. And it goes back to that Definitely. really old saying, very old saying, but it's, such, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And it's that and thing it of when you get out there and you connect with people, people, oh, you'd be really good for this or this. Mm. Yeah, because people, the jobs, not say new jobs are created all the time. So, mm. you know, if you're thinking yourself, thinking about just types of jobs that have been around forever it's evolving the world's just changing isn't it so it's about really being clear in 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 who you you are what you bring and and yeah just knowing that there is there is a lot of possibilities out there there really are there's there's and it's just but it's having I think with the coaching um, and also when I worked as an employment specialist I've always helped people with that hope piece you know that because I've seen so many people with so many barriers, significant barriers, mm. find that thing, find, you know. I, and also when I was just working in a, in a locality in a very, very sort of deprived seaside town with the um, the view that there was no jobs, no one, there's, there's no prospects, there's nothing, I'll never find a job. And I saw time and time and time again, that not be the case, you know, but you have to. And I always say, you have to take the blinkers off. Because yeah. if you've got those blinkers on, you don't see the possibilities. You don't see what's around you. If you want to think that there's nothing around, then guess what? You're going to see nothing. See so problem. take them off. Yeah. 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 You see problem after problem yeah. no, I can't do that but oh I can't no but no but and that's the thing it's yeah. that oh, goes back to another old pressure saying if you say you can't then you won't exactly and it is very very difficult to do career you know to find employment or career change on your own because you're stuck in your own head with your own barriers and mm-hmm. other people's voices around you that aren't necessarily 
championing you and cheering you on so working with somebody is I think really incredibly important yeah yeah and it's about finding your person to be able to do that any it is very good discussion here I really I've learned quite a lot to be honest um so <laughs> anything any last words or thoughts that you kind of of your own stuff that you want to get out before the quote um No, that's probably the hardest question. <laughs> I just think for myself, you know, like when I see how my life has transformed and I'm now live, leaving school feeling like I haven't achieved anything mm -hmm. and looking at what I've achieved since and now and and kind of always never feeling like I could reach my full potential. And I don't know what that's necessarily going to feel like, but I'm well on my way. Whereas I don't think I've ever felt like I've, I've before that reached my full potential, but I know I'm well on my way to it. Um, but seeing me as a single parent, actually providing for my daughter, running my own business in my own way, working with my ADHD, not ever struggling with motivation because now I'm doing something I'm so passionate about and so and in my own way yeah no stupid reports or pointless um administration all things that I have created that work for me that I am I you know it's yes of course it does feel like work a lot of the you know some you know but it kind of doesn't either because I love it you know I genuinely love it so whereas I, I really did worry about whether I would have that motivation to run my business. I've never, ever not had that motivation from the moment I start. you know, I took a risk as well. If I'm honest, I took a big risk. Mm. I remortgaged my house in order to be able to start this business. Yeah. Um, as a single parent, some people might have thought I was crazy, but I didn't ever doubt it. And I, I kept a lot of things to myself because I knew, you know, people would put their own fears and anxieties on me. And but I, I never doubted I would do it and I I've never worked as hard as I do now but it genuinely is just what I you know I love it yeah. so it's finding it's finding it's having that faith in yourself and you know really thinking about what what way it works best for you but that when interest and passion and environment and everything's aligned and it it just makes such a difference it really does yeah I couldn't agree more I was just like in awe then I was just like yeah <laughs> so have you got any encouragement to leave us with yeah so this is a quote by um Steve Jobs the founder of Apple your time is limited so don't waste it living someone else's life don't be trapped by dogma which is living with the results of other people's thinking don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Speechless for the first time ever. <laughs> Thank you so much. It, Thank you, Tessa. I, I just love talking to people and getting to know people on like that deeper level. And there's nothing better and when you force yourself into a meeting to talk for an hour on a podcast, there's the pressure, you just start talking. 
but it always ends up with such a great thing where people just really excel so I thank you so much for sharing your story because I know I related to a lot of that and I know other people will as well thank you Tasha thank you and we leave today's diary with another amazing story and a lot of things that we can reflect on and go back to and in two weeks hopefully two weeks but you never know with me uh, we'll be dropping a new episode uh if you're interested in becoming a guest or you want to the world hear your story then please reach out through a social media ugh, social media avenues and email i hope you come back learn listen and experience through the world through not my eyes but ours why not thanks again nikki thanks Sasha. and we're out dear diary as indigo hub's process goes on it makes me stop and wonder could there be more for us more light more experience and more ways to see the world through our own eyes i think this journey will be Shh.